Welcome to the Manuscript Academy podcast, brought to you by a writer and an agent who both believe that education is key. The beauty is the people you meet along the way, and that community makes all the difference. Here at the Manuscript Academy, you can learn the skills, make the connections, and have access to experts all from home. I'm Julie Kingsley. And I'm Jessica Sinsheimer. Put down your pens, pause your word counts, and enjoy. Welcome, everyone. We're so happy you're here for this live podcast with the amazing Celia Brown. I'm Jessica Sinsheimer, co-founder of the Manuscript (laughs) Academy. And I'm Julie Kingsley. We are here in front of a live audience today to chat with Celia Ann Brown. Celia M. Brown is an international actor, coach, and teacher based in Paris, France. She has taught the Intermediate Advanced Film TV program for six years at Bilingual Acting Workshop in Paris, as well as providing professional coaching and training for celebrities, working actors, and writers worldwide. She has experience in theater, film, and television, working across the industry as an actress, producer, director, writer, casting director, and agent. Previous work (laughs) includes assisting writers as a reader and development, including at New York Stage and Film Company, MTP, Ensemble Theater Company, New York, and many more. Welcome, Celia. Thank you so much for having me, Jessica and Julie. It's an honor. Gosh, so fun. So tell us first how you got into storytelling for a living, whether it be an actor or a coach. I grew up in New York and I started as a ballerina at Carnegie Hall, but I'm very petite and I was not very good. So I really wanted so much to be a ballet dancer, but I just wasn't that good and too short. I went to the sort of hippie camp in Vermont, actually, and I got cast to be on a television show. And I was in this children's television show for a couple years. I was about seven years old. I really loved acting and it was a wonderful creative outlet for me, especially as I got older. It really grounded me. I loved playing the different characters and their heroic journeys. It sort of channeled a lot of creative energy that I had. And I also wrote actually at that time, and I wrote a lot of poetry. And then I did work a lot as an actress in New York. And also my family had a theater in Montauk, which is a wonderful place. So I worked way back then with writers, a lot in development at EST Ensemble Studio Theater with playwrights. And as time went on, New York Station Film Company, which some of the greatest writers went through there. And it was very much my world in New York. Then I went to California because I had been cast in a film. I loved LA, but I actually abruptly quit acting in Los Angeles because I felt like it was too superficial. And I was used to great writing in New York. And then these television shows and movies in California were really poorly crafted. So I quit acting at the time. And there was a big section then of 10 years where I became a yoga teacher and wanted to save the world. And I was in love with an environmentalist at the time. And I taught a lot of yoga and just left that whole part of the business. And then I missed it and went back to it. 
I love that you've done so many creative things in your life. And it sounds almost as though you go through one thing and then creativity helps you grow from that into a more healthy, happy person, which I think is so interesting. And before we got on, we were talking about your friend who you suggested acting classes to your friend in Ukraine. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yes. I've been very concerned about Ukraine and what's going on. And I had three close friends there and two of them have gotten out. One is in Munich and one went to Prague. And then I have my one friend who is still there, actually Hannah, and she doesn't want to leave her husband who can't leave and her sister and her mother. And we've been in touch every day. And she's an actress in Ukraine and also has come to Paris. And I've worked with her because now I'm an acting teacher. I've been an acting teacher for about 10 years and here about seven in France. But she wants to go to the USA. Everybody has the dream to go to Los Angeles and to go to Hollywood. I was like, I don't know, Hannah. It's not what you think it is. (laughs) And I made a phone call to an acting school in Los Angeles, a very well-reputed school run by a woman who is very well-respected, who's been a casting director for decades. And I asked her if she would host Hannah. And on a Sunday, immediately she wrote back. So I have gotten Hannah into this acting class, which starts in the middle of May and it's via Zoom. So that way she'll get a sense of LA while she's on Zoom and taking this how to audition acting class in Ukraine, I've offered to host her here. So either she'll be here with me or she'll still be in Ukraine. But it's just amazing. People in the arts are so passionate about it. They will do anything. They will give up anything to express themselves as artists. And so for Hannah, even being in the middle of Ukraine, and she's being very brave, helping the soldiers and doing a lot of humanitarian work, still that the prospect of taking this acting class in Los Angeles is helping to give her hope. It's really a soul calling to be an artist and to be a writer too. It's very special. As a writer, you have that anonymity. It's like the soul speaking. You can be anyone and you can be anywhere. I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. And if you think of all the important jobs in the world, there's nurses and there's humanitarians and all the things that are going on right now story is still one of the most important things that we can use to show each other our point of views and who we are. And from our little corner of the world here at the Manuscript Academy, it feels so good to hold up people that make stories and a story can change somebody else. One of the things that we think about is how can we hold creativity during difficult times? This is a great segue to the next question. Can you give listeners tips on the activation of creativity during difficult times and how to stay productive in this crazy world we have? Because of my yoga teaching background, I'm a big meditator. And because a lot of us have spent time alone, possibly during quarantines, I know in France, we were locked down a lot. It's a really powerful time to drop into yourself and tune into that inner voice that is really directing you in your life. 
It's a wonderful time for powerful stories. And yet, because of what's going on in the world, and some of it is so dire and could be potentially even worse, less is more. So now's the time for us to really be selective, really up-level, really prioritize. And I'm going to bring up for some reason today, again, on a soul level, what is our voice? What is it that we want to share with the world? If it could only be one thing or the one book or the one play or the one movie, what do we want to say? What is deeply aligned with us and to stay with what you're in alignment with and not being distracted by things that you're not in alignment with. I think it's an incredibly powerful time to do that and to really get with your people and create community because now through Zoom, you're just connecting with people of like mind, like heart, same vision or similar visions to propel forward and move together. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful time to create community. We can't do it totally in solitary. And I think through our couple years of quarantine, we've realized that too. We do need other people to create with. Can you talk a little bit more about your coaching and how it feels and how you guide people to their best work? Yes, I love it. I love it. I'm an acting teacher, so I'll run classes in France and online, and then I'll work with actors who are hired for a role and help them in that development. It's very deep work. It's very humanistic work. It's not fake at all, which I think most people think about actors. It's really examining the human condition, and it's archetypal. I work holistically with actors as a teacher. I'm developing something called the conscious actor, which is something else entirely that I'm really excited about. So in terms of working with writers, if we do cold reads, for example, I'm very good with that. I really enjoy that process very much. And there's so much overlap in the lessons from acting and writing. One thing I say a lot to writers is when you're on stage and you've got actors, they're not just standing there and talking. They're always doing something. And so like in writing, you want your characters not just to be standing there and talking. You want to mention that they're picking things up or putting things down or knocking things over. You want to be able to see from the outside, if you're floating above them, how all of that looks. And I think it's so interesting how you can almost make the blocking of your characters within your world, whether you've got a stage or a page. Oh, rhymes. Oh, um. that's so good, Jessica. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, it's different when you're working in the theater. They stick to the script. If you're going to put up a Broadway show, the actors really need to stay exactly to the script or there can be big problems. Where in screenplays, depending on the writer, but generally there can be a lot more freedom. I've noticed that film actors, TV actors, they will request to change large sections of it, or they're encouraged to improvise. And so screenwriters can be a lot more flexible in that way. I think that what you can learn, like the importance of inanimate objects, the importance of metaphor, the importance of where the camera is, regardless of whether it's a camera or it's just the focus on the page, it's all just amazing, just tools for the toolbox of creation. 
Right. Yet, as a teacher or as a coach, encourage the actor to learn word by word the exact script because they get lazy with it. Every word is there for a reason, obviously. So fun. I like Madeline's question. Okay. Let's put Madeline. Okay. Um, Madeline, would you come on up? Yes. The question is, does anyone know what the secret sauce is, how you find the path, how to even begin searching for representation is just fraught with barriers. (laughs) So Celia, how do you find the path from the piece of art to the representation? For screenplay, yeah. For screenplays and our books. You just have to have a really good project. It does have to be very good. Then you can put it out there and the right person will respond. But it has to be good. I really am into lately just upping the standards of things. Do you know what I mean? Because everybody thinks they're a writer. Everyone thinks they're a writer. Everybody thinks they're an actress. No, not necessarily. We have to be honest with ourselves. Have you gotten that feedback here? Are you studying here or you're working with Julie and Jessica? Yes. So they'll guide you. It's got to be good. And then if it's a really good project, cream rises to the top. Someone will be interested when you start submissions. But do take the time it needs. This can take a long time to develop a project that's really good. I know some very successful people in Hollywood and they have scripts in development and it can take them 10 years, even if they're like a big Hollywood name. I can think of a couple instances with two or three projects. They've taken 10 years, then they get the money, then they're all ready to go. Then something happens. They have to pull and wait another five years and then revisit it. So it is difficult that way unless you can self-produce. I also encourage my actors as well that I work with, do it yourself. Don't wait. This is also a wonderful time to self-produce, to make it happen. Do not wait for anyone else to tell you, oh, it's good enough or you're good enough. If you really have a story that you want to tell and you've gotten general feedback, let's say in an expert place like here with Julie and Jessica, then you make it happen yourself and don't worry what anyone else says because time is short, life is short. It's finding the right teacher when we find the right agent, when we find the right producer, when you find the right romantic partner, when you find the right friend. There's the ones that we're supposed to connect with and then the ones that are less so. Trust that journey. Uh, Let's call up Rebecca, who also is a yoga teacher. I asked this question a while back. What, in your opinion, is a well-crafted character? What makes a well-crafted character? Just a well-crafted journey with an interesting arc, interesting obstacles. I think it's interesting, and maybe this is the way to frame the question, what type of roles do you see actors fighting over right now? When actors come to you, what are the type of roles they're looking for? I'm interested in what they would be good for. Mm. I don't work with really beginner actors. So by the time they get to me, even in a class situation, I don't really work a lot with beginners. So they've had some experience. So they have some sense of how they would be cast. So we do look at that. And then also I'm really having them be selective in terms of saying yes to the parts that they want to play and saying no 
to the parts that they don't want to play. Like women have really changed in classes over the years. And now they don't want to do the victims so much anymore. And they want to be the lawyer or my female actresses are coming in with male roles written for men they want to play. So that has changed a lot. I really am encouraging them to be the master of their ship. Don't give your power away to the industry because they will take it. (laughs) You're an artist with a vision and a voice, and you want to share with the world and find your community that is interested in your story. Awesome. I would love to have Siva come forward. That's a great question. I had a question because of your theater background and your acting background. I'm jealous of a bunch of my friends who are novel writers who have acting friends who get to have their work read aloud as part of the editorial process. And I don't yes. support group, but I've even read articles that it's super helpful to the author to be able to see emotion play out. I don't have that luxury. Something I struggle with as I'm doing my line edits now on a completed work is balancing what I call stage direction. So it's what my characters are doing with dialogue and then with the inner monologue for a novel. And I just didn't know if you had any tricks or tips when you're activating or working with other creatives on how to tap into some of this or what you look for in balance of work. Anything would be helpful. Well, just, just I think to have it read is a great idea. Yeah. And you don't need necessarily to get actors for that. You could. Actors are desperate to work. <laughs> so put it out there. And really, they love to have the opportunity. If I'm doing a Zoom with an actor and then I need another actor to come and read, they're all eager to do it because they want to work. I think having it read to hear the flow would be really helpful. Yeah, you're making me have to go get new friends. In, uh, <laughs> no, you just put, put on social media or yeah. a group and you probably get a lot of response. I bet you would. So you ask the Manuscript Academy and our amazing members will offer. There's offers right there in the chat for you, Siva. So that idea, I would say you can trick yourself by getting to Speechify, just a plug for that program. It is a better AI than regular Google Reads. And you can sit with your work and then you can listen to it with just a more natural rhythm. Mm -hmm. And you can catch a lot of those dead spaces. You can catch some pacing stuff that way too. Everything's a trick, right? You can get live people. You can get AI to help you. I have screenplays where I have done like a Zoom table read and that was super helpful. My friend had an awful accent for my characters and I was like, (laughs) that is not how you read him. (laughs) That was for a script. So that's funny too, right? That you can sit with people and they can read it in a way that you're just like, oh, not like that. But once it's out there, it lives on its own. The work does. And that's what's interesting about the writing process. Yeah. Thank you for that. I'm at that last level of editing and I'm trying to make sure in dual POV that both characters sound distinct and I'm craving seeing people's faces read it so I can see push in and make it different because I'm only reading it. And then what's happening is it's just me and everything sounds like me. So it sounds like different people. Thank you. And thank you for joining us this afternoon. Yes. Thank you. Good luck on your project. I like this question from Hal or Lynn, if you want to come on up. Hi, yes, it is Lynn. Hi. Thank you so much for being here and for presenting to us. This is wonderful. Thank you. So my question is this. 
The great television producer Shonda Rhimes stated on masterclass.com that she pitched the idea of Grey's Anatomy to the producers at Disney. If you want your manuscript to become a movie, should you format it into a screenplay and try to find producers to pitch it to? Thank you for answering my question. Yes, you can do that, but you have to be very careful who you send it out to. So you can just do a treatment to begin with. And then you could have someone, either you would pitch it or someone that you trust or get people on board with it to pitch it. I think too, if you look at Netflix right now, there is so much book to film. Everyone wants both modalities. And if you're not in the Writers Guild, I think it's even more difficult. Silly, do you want to explain how the Writers Guild works versus just how the regular publishing works? I'm not an expert on it, but you could get someone to write it for you. But you had to be very careful about this because I had an experience where I wrote something with a partner and then it got stolen. And so it was a television show. So you might want a Writers Guild writer to help you with this. If you are a fiction writer, write your book. Just write your book and then put out there as you're writing the book, as a screenwriting teacher who writes fiction... I will say to myself, well, that was a really good visual scene. Make sure there's a lot of visual scenes that could flip very easily into film. Hedge your bets a little bit with it. And if you hedge your bets and then you get the right people in play, I know just randomly in New England from my early writers group, I think there's five people I know that have their books optioned right now, some mm-hmm. in development, some not. But I think if you think about that, I'm in Maine, that, that's a lot Say I did have a movie. If I had a movie, I wouldn't be the person to pitch the script because I'm better off having a professional writer with actual credentials behind them to sell the project. Yes. So it's a game. Sometimes people sell scripts and I write scripts too, and I haven't sold one yet, but like it's been steps. So you can certainly get in, but it's just, you never know how you're going to find your little spot in the crack of Hollywood's veneer, I guess. Yes. And you have to be careful. It depends how much you want to stay attached to your project too, because you could just sell it and then someone else would write it and they would do it and you would have barely anything to do with it. Unless you somehow in the contract. Right. So you have to make sure, yes, that the contract is very well done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's complicated, but with streaming, there's so many opportunities. So Absolutely. it's a fascinating time. It's so, wonderful. Yeah. So let's just go back. How can we, as writers, use acting techniques to amplify our scenes? That's a good question. I'm not sure. So I had a writing teacher once. So he was in his office acting things out. Again, to have it read or improvised. Right. And so yes. he would sit down in a chair if that was what he was doing. He would begin up and down from the chair, thinking about how the different ways he could get into a chair and then writing that into the scene. As a writer, you want to be open and let your imagination run free. With my actors, I do from the artist's way. They do morning pages. They would write three minutes a day of stream of consciousness writing, which is a really wonderful exercise. Yeah. You could do something like, okay, do this scene angry. Do this scene sad. Like you could play around with scenes, especially if you're looking for emotional nuances. Yes. How would your body be different if you're feeling this way? How would you be eating if you're feeling shy? Absolutely. So so I think like the nuances are fascinating. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We loved your website. Would you talk with us about the importance of authenticity? Thank you. My website needs updating desperately, but authenticity is everything. It's very important to me to be truthful, to be real. I think I'm a part of the seeker community in this lifetime, so I'm seeking for truth. So everything that I do in quest of my actors is really to connect in to their inner truth, their character's truth, their expression in the moment. That's a big acting technique is to be in the moment, honoring what you feel in the moment and then making choices from there. I think authenticity is where it's at right now. And we need more of that in the world where people are also speaking from their heart and writing from their heart. I am very interested in that at this time. And they're in an intuitive place of wisdom and authentic knowledge in that way. I think we just need that more and more. We just need to cut to the chase and be more real across the board. I agree. Hey, Eric Mofford, do you want to come forward and ask a question? How are you? I'm good. I just want to follow up one thing from directing theater that I used to do as far as for writing is thinking about playing animals. What would you be if you were an animal? And I know we used to do this with some theater games, Celia, but I find it really helps with my writing is to go and say, what if that character was an elephant? And then you can bring up a bunch of adjectives and create, all of a sudden you see them lumbering around and stuff. So I felt like I wanted to add that to your comments about how to use acting with writing. Yes, we do that in acting class. They'll do that a lot. Archetypes or animals are wonderful because you're out of your head too. The actor is very interested too in not being too conceptualizing. There's times to do script analysis, of course, and then other times in process in the beginning of the rehearsal period too, just be an elephant. How would the character be? What kind of animal is this character? And move impulsively from there. It's a wonderful technique and very freeing out of the head, out of the box kind of exploration. And I think it works really well for writing too. That's one of those acting exercises that I've seen actually carry over for writing. Yes. I want everybody here to to think about what kind of animal they are. I love the moose. They're not very smart. I know. I've never seen a moose, actually. Are they endangered or they're okay? Are they still moose? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're They're probably in Maine you have Yeah, we had one walking down our street the other week for the pandemic. (laughs) They shouldn't be at this part of Maine, but yeah, they were. That was a great comment. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. We have time for probably one more question. If anyone has one. Laurel has a question. I don't see the question, but Laurel. Laurel. (laughs) The petite ballet dancer. Yes. (laughs) I had mentioned that a couple of pieces from my memoir that I'm trying to get published were chosen to be part of a play that they were adapted by a really great screenwriter. And on one of my pieces, they took three of mine. She only changed a couple of lines anyway. But my question is, I probably made the mistake of sharing the title of something I just had published in a really niche anthology. And I found out that somebody else has a very similar title that I had shared my title with and is getting it published in Slate magazine. And I was really aghast to hear this. And I don't know if there's anything I can do at this point. Obviously, she's got a bigger platform and people are going to read what's in Slate. And I hadn't really publicized my piece yet very much because it's not even for sale on Amazon, which I was really disappointed to find out. 
But in terms of trying to jump in and publicize it now, it's to be very careful, as we were discussing earlier, and to register it with the Writers Guild. Let me ask Eric, because for titles too, you can copyright. No, you can't copyright a title, and that's why you've seen titles uh, over and over again. So no matter how fantastic your title is, it's not copyrightable. It's the work that's the matters. I mean, the title is all well and good, but if your work is fantastic, you can call it Eric Moffred. I don't think you have to worry about your titles. Thank you. I think we have one more question from another Thank Rebecca. You. Hey, Laurel, the best of luck. Hey, Rebecca. Hi, I'm just, as a writer, have trouble losing focus and then regaining focus. And I just wonder if you have any tricks for actors that might work for us writers to get into character or drop into character, as they say. I'd love to know any tricks. The meditation really can help with focus. And as I'm sure you talk about a lot, being really disciplined about it and a certain time of day that you're going to do it every day. Meditation, there's definitely a lot of exercises that we do, relaxation exercises, sensory exercises, actor exercises that we do to get relaxed and ready to work. Thank you. I've been playing with meditation and like going for a brisk walk just to get all the extra energy out and yeah, some people say something as simple as lighting a candle when yes. you're doing the work, blowing yes. out the candle, walking away. If you're going to go back to it, light the candle. I think when you hold space for creativity, then the creativity just shows up in the space you hold for it. <laughs> exactly. Because of all the yoga, makes sacred space for it, or it's a sacred act. There was something, because I actually have wooden beams up here in this living room, and I had heard that they're not good for focus in a house. I live, you know, near the forest. So it's like, it has these wooden beams. So I've actually been going upstairs. I just created another office space and it's been so much better Mm. the past few weeks. So make sure that your feng shui is good, which really matters. Actually, I laugh when I say that, but it's true. It is absolutely true. Celia, thank you so much. This was lovely. If you'd like to meet with Celia, as you can see, she is wonderful. She's creative. She's not scary. She's absolutely someone you should be talking with. It was really wonderful to be here and to meet everyone. Thank you so much. We are so glad that you joined us. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be, but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our first pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with first pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.